In this episode, we talk about the misconceptions and miscommunications surrounding endometriosis and adenomyosis, and how learning the clinical definition and supporting research changed how we advocate and talk about it. Thanks for joining us. I'm Shelby. And I'm Alana, and we're Endo Battery, charging our life when endo drains us. Welcome to the Endo Battery, where we are sharing our endometriosis journey and learning along the way. This podcast is no way meant to diagnose or give medical advice, but a place where you can gain knowledge and information that can help you not feel alone and drain as well as become your best advocate. We want to learn with you and support you wherever you are in your journey. Let's get into this. Today, we're going to be talking about the difference between endometriosis and adenomyosis. So today, it's going to be pretty super heavy on the scientific um, terminology of both the diseases and what we think they are and what society also thinks that they are. Yeah, I grew, I didn't grow up with a knowledge of endometriosis and I don't think many people did. And Mm -hmm. I would venture to guess our parents never knew anything about it, probably until we were diagnosed. And so there was a lot of time in between for misinterpretation of what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, It actually wasn't until just recently after I actually had my surgery scheduled that um, my mom mentioned that my grandma and my aunt both had a hysterectomy early on in age. And so, you know, now wondering, was that endometriosis provoked as well, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really hard to know and, you know, kind of look back and see different things. But, you know, a lot of society kind of just points endometriosis to a uterine or a reproductive type disease. Yeah, it was interesting because my doctor, when I was diagnosed, um, first of all, I had never heard of it until I was diagnosed. And so when my doctor was telling me about it, it essentially was She did explain it well, which I do appreciate. It was just the follow through in that. And what we know now is a little bit different, but she explained it. She's like, well, the blood and from the lining of your uterus is outside of your uterus. And it can be anywhere. It can be, she's like, I had a patient who anytime she ovulated or any, or anytime she was on her period, she would get a mark on her leg, like a visible reddish purple mark visible on her leg. Mm -hmm. And then when she was done with her period, it was done. And I'm like, and, and that is true probably for some people, the flare ups, yeah, like during periods tend to be, you know, can do many crazy things. Yeah. And so, and then it was, you know, we can, we're going to talk a lot about like treatments and things like that. But then it was like, the treatments that were proposed to me in that process, they weren't necessarily to just tamper down the feeling of it or suppress the the endo, it was more, this is what we think will get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I kept hearing having a baby yes. will help, get, could, could potentially get rid of it. So I had my first child and it for sure did not get rid of it. And so that disappointment was there. And then it was like, here, take some Depolupron, that's going to help shed the cells and they'll die off so -hmm. that you won't have it anymore. That didn't work. And I was 10 times crazier than normal because it does weird stuff to you. And then, I mean, it's just like all those little things. And then I had two ablation surgeries. 
because they could get rid of it that way. Right. And so it was like we balance between what we actually know it is and between treatments, which we will get into on another podcast. But I feel like they're the, they kind of go hand in hand a little bit with mm-hmm. what it is and the misunderstanding of it. And then, you know, what it actually is. Yeah. And for me, mine got missed through so many different health professionals just because, um, and I'll go into kind of, we'll in, both individually go through our journey separately on a different podcast. But um, mine got missed so many times um, until I had my surgery. It was over 10 years. Um, so it got missed by a bunch of different healthcare professionals, which I don't blame them mm-hmm. for missing it because it is such a under-researched, under-studied you know, disease that most people just associate with the uterus and ovaries. And that's not where my pain exactly stemmed from. We ended up after, you know, the later part of those years, we did have trouble with um, fertility. And that was probably closer to the first time when one of my midwives actually thought like, maybe you have endometriosis, but my periods were never like super crazy. It seemed, I don't know. It just, it's one of those things that unless it seems like you have heavy bleeding, terrible cramps, maybe are in bed for a week around period or ovulating, you know, some doctors miss where a lot of women also um, battle with terrible bladder issues Um, They also battle with intestinal issues. You know, IBS um, can also be a huge player in different things with endo also. Well, and I think too, the, the, the basic understanding, the underlying reasons for it and even what causes it is unknown at this point. And so I feel like a lot of doctors who really don't delve deep into this disease will miss a lot and Mm -hmm. miscommunicate what it actually is. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, verbiage, like, I think we got it all is going to be there. And, um, I, I just think we as women have been like, okay, that's what it is. And then we kind of just go through the stages of, okay, they told me it, it does this and this is what it is. And so I'm going to follow their lead. And until recent years, the research really hasn't even been there or people speaking out against it has, you know, that's just not been there. So Mm-mm. I do think like we're getting better as to our communication. Yeah. And there's so many doctors and people, um, patients, you know, like us that are really starting to advocate more and help, you know, guide and support and give the tools um, that could possibly help for, you know, helping doctors, helping individuals kind of acknowledge the differences between what it could be or maybe what it isn't. Yeah. So what do the doctors say? Like, let's look at what the actual definition is for endometriosis. So the actual definition of endometriosis, which I got this information off of Nancy's Nook, is 
Endometriosis is characterized by the presence of tissue similar to the lining of the uterus. So endometrial-like tissue located outside the outside of the uterus. Endometriosis lesions are different in both structure and behavior from the normal endometrium, which is shed during a period. Endometriosis tissue can cause pain, infertility, and organ dysfunction due to inflammation, invasion into structures in the body, and scar tissue. So like we talked before um, in our original podcast is, you know, one out of 10 people assigned at birth as a female are going to or are dealing with endometriosis. And the symptoms can range from bad period cramps, back pain, bladder, intestinal issues, and so much more. And that is the reason that so many women get dismissed or gaslit for an average of 10 years until the actual diagnosis of endometriosis. Yeah. And I would venture to guess it's even higher than that. Oh, for sure. Because there's so many women that I've heard a lot of friends say, my periods were always awful. Like I had to go on birth control because my periods were so bad. Or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I bleed all the time. I had a friend of mine recently who was like, hey, what's endometriosis? And Mm -hmm. I was explaining it the best I knew how through what Nancy's Nook had said. And I said, and she's like, huh. She goes, that's interesting because I just recently started bleeding. Like she had just had her third kid. She's like, I haven't stopped bleeding hardly. And therein lies a different thing too, which Mm -hmm. is adenomyosis. Yep. So for me, when I had my second C-section with my youngest, my periods were constant and that started eight weeks postpartum. And so it, and it was so painful. I remember thinking, I feel like I'm going to die any moment now. I feel like I'm going to die. I'm going to bleed out. I'm going to be dead. And, and no one, and what they're not going to know. And Mm -hmm. then my doctor, my OBGYN at the time, whom I, I honestly think she was great. It was just that she didn't have the expertise, Mm -hmm. um, to do it, but she did actually, um, diagnose me at that point through ultrasound with adenomyosis. Mm, mm-hmm. So um, let me explain kind of what adenomyosis is. I would recommend going on Nancy's Nook and finding the vetted surgeons. And they oftentimes will have, not all, but a lot of endometriosis centers will have good information on what each of these things are. So um, adenomyosis is a common disease clinically defined as the presence of endometrial glands and stoma within the myometrium. The myometrium is the medical term for the muscular portion of the uterine wall. Endometrioma is the name given to an area of adenomyosis that is encapsulated by mitometrial tissue. Because of the presence of adenomyosis, this complex tissue is differentiated from myoma, which is a fibroid tumor. Prevalence varies from 1% to 70% among those of reproductive age, depending on the study. And again, that's from um, the Center of Endometriosis Care. Um, And then what causes adenomyosis? So for me, I noticed a significant increase in pain due to this. And the first time that it was really diagnosed was 
post C-section. And Mm -hmm. so that actually is a common cause for it to happen. So again, from that, the disease is suggested to affect 20 to 35% of women. They still don't know what causes adenomyosis, but the risk factors for the development of adenomyosis that have been well-documented include any type of pregnancy with termination of pregnancy and cesarean deliveries considered more likely to contribute due to surgical instruments being used in the uterus that may push the lining cells into the muscle. Other risk factors include longer estrogen exposure, such as early time of first period, short duration during the menstrual cycles, and obesity. That to me is like there's a whole bunch of different correlations in that. So it's really hard to tie it down, but they do at least with, I think with that, have a good idea of what potentially can cause this. And so is adenomyosis more recognized than endometriosis? I don't know. Right. And there is some association between the two, which is a big debate um, kind of out there in the medical medical community and whether they are separate entities or part of the of the uh, similar continuum of disease. Um, studies using ultrasounds or MRIs um, certainly support the association and it has been a long time considering that they are similar uh, pathways both in the disease with the definition of adenomyosis really being endometriosis inside the uterine muscle. And that's also from the Pacific Endometriosis osis and pelvic surgery um, website that we got that information from. So it is kind of, you know, interesting that, you know, is it the chicken before the egg or the egg before the chicken of, Mm -hmm. you know, you having both? Yeah. I didn't. Um, I also didn't have C-sections with my two babies. Um, So it is just hard to know. And, you know, like Alana mentioned earlier, there isn't any causes out there that have been totally linked to what causes endometriosis. You know, at least with adenomyosis, they have seen, you know, that C-sections, you know, and that makes mm-hmm. sense. But with endometriosis, yeah. there's just, you know, no easy like nail on a head. Oh, this is what causes it, which is what's frustrating. Well, and I do think too, with adenomyosis, it's because it's so much more contained, mm-hmm. right? Like it's within the wall mm-hmm. of the uterus. And I remember my OBGYN telling me, she said, this is like endometriosis in the wall of your uterus. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, it's painful. Yeah, It hurt. And it caused a lot of hormonal imbalance and mm-hmm. other things that I previous to that hadn't really experienced. Yes, the periods were my periods were always off. Yes, I always had painful periods and I bleeding was, you know, here, there, or everywhere. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and so there was that. <laughs> but I in but this was a whole nother ball game. Mind you, I had this is my fourth surgery. Mm -hmm. And my second one cutting into my uterus. Mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, was I predisposed because of that potentially? And I already, I knew that I had endometriosis, but I was like, what is this adenomyosis business? So I actually didn't know about this until I was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And, um, and my my OB, there was a couple directions she went with this. She's like, really, to get rid of it, you have to do uh, a hysterectomy, mm-hmm. which is true. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely 
true. You cannot get rid of the lining of your uterus unless you take it completely out. Mm-hmm. And then she tried a couple other methods and I'll, and I can go into that, um, within my story, but I, I do think for me felt like another ball dropping. I was like, Oh great. Now it's this other thing that endometriosis mm-hmm. has caused. And I really struggled through that. And I mm. remember that's when you and I had met, mm-hmm. I was walking through that at that point because I had just found out I had it. I was feeling awful. My iron, I was really iron deficient because you're bleeding, all, I'm the bleeding time. all the time. I'm, you know, and so in a lot of women, we can feel like that's just another ball being dropped with mm-hmm. adenomyosis. And especially if you're trying to get pregnant, mm-hmm. I feel like that's another like check mark against, oh, am I ever going to be able to accomplish that? Right. Um, and just understanding it. Um, so it is different, but it does correlate with endometriosis mm-hmm. is what they're finding. And that's. Yeah. And adenomyosis, I hadn't really heard about until you were diagnosed either. And then I have another girlfriend who's dealing with it right now. And, you know, because hysterectomy is the really the only way to get rid of it, you know, she's kind of tied. She's an amazing athlete. She's a runner and does all these amazing trail runs and, um, but she's not sure if she's ready to be done having kids. So mm, yeah, that is know, tricky. That's she's in the point where, you know, we'll talk later with both of these, but you know, sometimes fertility becomes taken away yep. into becoming pain-free. So that's a tricky one. She's, yep. you know, we've talked a few times and she wants to go get a second opinion from, you know, the doctor, Dr. Nelson that we saw Um, Mm -hmm. just to kind of see what he says. But, you know, she's really having to sit down and have those hard conversations with her husband to see if they're done. So it is hard. And there, there are ways that I um, have read that they can help try to preserve fertility Mm -hmm. with adenomyosis. A lot of and a lot of that is very dependent on the person and how the doctor approaches it. Right. And is it just a suppression of the mm-hmm. symptoms or is it helping to preserve? I think that that also varies because some people are willing to just suppress the feeling of something right. or the pain mm-hmm. in order to have kids or at least try to have kids. Right. Um, and, and that is up really to you and your doctor as mm-hmm. to, you know, what direction you want to go with that. Um, and, and I don't know, um, I think they're starting to get more and more research on it too. So, but unlike endometriosis, adenomyosis, to get rid of it, you can actually get rid of it because you can get rid of your Your uterus. uterus. Yep. So the misconception again with endometriosis is that a surgery here and a surgery there can get rid of it Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. And that's just a misconception that I had. Yeah. Same. Because I obviously had two failed surgeries. And then Dr. Nelson was very clear to me in saying it could always come back. Mm -hmm. And there's about a 20% chance that it can after excision. And so I think having a clear um, picture of what it can do helps you navigate and grieve and follow the process through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a lot of doctors that will give false hope based on miscommunication and misguidance Mm -hmm. or a misunderstanding of the disease. Yes. And 
then when it does come back and it sometimes comes back with a full vengeance, it's like you mm-hmm. deal with more emotional pain and physical pain right. than what you would have before, right. potentially. 100%. Yeah. And we've heard a lot of stories through our support group of that for sure of, you know, doctors saying, oh, your pregnancy will get rid of it or, you mm-hmm. know, go on this birth control, it'll get rid of it or the sublation surgery will get rid of it or, you know, some doctors just giving a hysterectomy will get rid of it. Well, it doesn't. <laughs> Shocker. Do they know everything? <laughs> the communication is key here. And that's, and it, I don't know why when a fantastic Facebook page and website with Nancy's Nook gives mm-hmm. so many resources. Yes. These doctors can't look at that. Right. And like there's leading doctors who are trying and advocating mm-hmm. for this very thing of, of pushing that out to um, an OBGYN yeah, on the medical, community. the medical community. Hey, look, this is not an issue that will be resolved by X, Y, and Z. And we're going to yeah. go over that in, in another episode of what are treatment options? What is commonly a treatment option? Mm-hmm. And, um, but this one, just understanding what endometriosis is, mm-hmm. what adenomyosis is, getting the good foundation for that will help you better advocate for yourself and yeah. better communicate with your doctors mm-hmm. and be, you know, when a doctor comes to you and says, well, we can do this surgery. And I've mm-hmm. heard this from a lot of people who <laughs> even knew what endometriosis was, like had done the work. And they're like, I don't know if I should see this surgeon or mm-hmm. not. Um, and we always ask the same questions, like, what do they say? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what are they doing? Excision or ablation? Well, they're not doing excision. They're doing ablation, but they think that they can get it out through this. And I just want to like, hit my head against a wall sometimes because it is proven Mm -hmm. to be ineffective long-term. Yeah. And just a little kind of snippet, we'll go into this way more about the difference of ablation and excision, but I feel like we've thrown that out enough to where I'll give a quick little example of it. So think of an iceberg. So, you know, on top of the water, you have this little iceberg. It's beautiful. But then below the iceberg is big. So with ablation, they go in and they burn off the top. And what's still under the surface? Still part of the iceberg, right? Same with endometriosis. Also, when you do ablation, you're burning the tissues, burning the endometriosis. And with excision, when they go in and cut it out, with ablation, they can't test that tissue. Mm-mm. And with excision, they can and they do right away. Like mm-hmm. as soon as it gets out, they send it to pathology. Yep. And, you know, after your surgery, you'll have a whole pathology report. And so that's kind of the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, just like a quick little snippet of yep. the difference of the two. Yep. And also, I think it's important to have pathology. So we'll talk about that more because, and the reasons why we need to have pathology Mm -hmm. and why it's not okay to settle for mediocre care Mm -hmm. with misinformation and and a lack of knowledge. I think that we'll talk a lot about that. Endometriosis and adenomyosis, this whole thing 
is like a spider web. It's really hard to talk about one thing without another, yep. but we will expound on a lot of these issues. And we're going to talk to people about this because we're still learning a lot. I think that doctors are still learning a lot. Mm-hmm. And to sit in a space and say, we are going to continue to learn. We may not always know exactly the answers. We're mm-hmm. going to do the research yep. and help you um, get some answers maybe or get closer to the answers. And um, and we're going to ask really hard questions for ourselves yeah. as well as for you to be able to understand this as a bigger picture. Yeah. You know, and for you to be able to advocate for yourself, for your healthcare professionals and those supporting you through whatever journey you are in, whether it's endometriosis or adenomyosis, but also not forgetting, you know, with this podcast and with our questions that we're asking, you know, we would love, you know, for you to send us questions. You can either Mm -hmm. leave us it in the chat. You're always welcome to email us at endobattery at gmail.com. And, you know, we want to get more questions answered that are out there. You know, if you Mm -hmm. have a question, probably some other gal next to you or a few tables away has Mm -hmm. the same question. And um, if we don't have the answers, we'll look for them or find somebody to help support um, in finding those answers and Mm -hmm. support, you know those questions throughout this journey as well. Yeah. And I think it's important to share this podcast with friends and family who you want in your support circle Mm -hmm. so that they can better understand your struggle um, as well as help support you through that and help advocate for you Mm -hmm. or with you on this because this isn't this is something you should never do alone. No. It is a really hard disease and when you're in the midst of it you don't always think the most clear and it's hard to advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. I know I experienced that. So pass this on to friends and family or that coworker that you may think, Hey, this sounds like something you're dealing with. Let's help each other out Mm -hmm. because if we stop at the thought, then we are really doing a disservice to women's health. We need to get out there and speak boldly and loudly about Mm -hmm the miscommunications and the misconceptions of what this disease really are. So we encourage you to pass this along and ask us questions, um, leave comments wherever, whatever platform you're on or on our Instagram page. We're also there. So message us in any form. We want to be as accessible to you in that realm as we can so that we can get some more information out for you as well as ourselves. Thank you so much for joining us this week. And until next week, keep happy, keep healthy, and continue advocating for you and for those you love. 